This episode of Everything is Awesome is brought to you by Zencaster. Zencaster is the number one tool for all podcasters. You can record high fidelity audio between remote locations and get studio quality sound. Go to Zencaster.com and use coupon code that entertains for 20% off for three months or 20% off an annual plan. Everything is Awesome is part of Courts and Parts, a podcast network featuring pop culture, TV, movie, and geek podcasts. Check out some of our other shows like TV Ate My Brain, Let's Chat with Revelin Friends, and Podstalgic at courtsandparts.com. Welcome to this week's edition of Everything is Awesome. I am your host, Kev, and this is the show where we sit down and talk to awesome people about awesome things. And uh, what a show we have for you this week, and man, what a feeling we have in Philadelphia this week. What up, Philly fans of Everything is Awesome, Philly super fans? Uh, How about the birds, huh? That's right. Uh, Depending on how the timey-wimey things work with this, uh, the dates might not coincide, but we're the NFC champions, and we're going to the Super Bowl round two with the Pats. So excited, uh, and we're going to be doing an episode with BK Mullen from the Pop and Dads podcast and Earth vs. Ben, all about the birds. So we have plenty of time to discuss that on the regular basis. Before we get to this week's guest, I want to talk about ways you can help support this show iTunes reviews, five stars, and ratings, and all that good stuff helps us get into the good graces of Apple's math, and gets us in front of more eyeballs and ears, so that we can just continue to grow, and we'll read them on air, like we have already done for Silent Kev, Photo Rain, Dissecting the 80s, Bill Oodwood, Ruffy1092, They Call Me Eams, or Iams, or something like that, Roy Burton, and like we're about to do for the one and only Casey Spivey. I love this show so much. Kevin is one of the best hosts I've ever met, and his shows are a reflection of true talent. You hear that? True talent, ladies and gents. It has been my honor to be a guest on a few episodes, and it is a joy every single time. I love the positive energy of the show, and Kevin makes it easy to talk about the tough stuff, because it always comes from a place of openness mixed with humor definitely subscribe like now thanks casey for that review be like casey and go to itunes and leave a five-star rating and review and we'll read it on air you can also support us via word of mouth recommendations that always helps more again more listeners means more growth more cool things if you have the ability to you can also support us on patreon.com slash that entertains to get access to exclusive material early access, and other cool things we're still cooking up for our official relaunch next month. Now, this week's guest is Nathan, the host of the Delve podcast and creator slash talent slash director slash writer of the Orbital Earthcast. We chat about podcasting, tabletop, and the craziness of his podcast, the Earthcast. It's so awesome. Here it is. Yeah, the nice thing about this is I'll I'll get two separate tracks and I'll be able to level it all out and whatnot. Oh. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Excellent. uh, Well, I mean, you're a podcaster, so you know. So do you do, and uh, this is jumping ahead of where I like to start, but. That's fine. Do you do remote podcasting or is everything (laughs) kind of always in the same room or studio? Uh, right now, everything is really in the same studio. Mm-hmm. I, I basically have my like makeshift studio in my basement that I've kind of tried to outfit. Um, once upon a time, way back in the long, long ago, when we started uh, Delve, uh, I, I had to go to where Alex was mm-hmm. and set up a very complex series of wires and cables. And then I, I streamlined that whole thing. It's- so. Uh, I've been doing this, uh, clo- I'm, a, I guess I'm almost halfway to my 11 year mark. Uh, I'm at, at 10 mm. and a half years now. And mm. 
it's well, we did our, um, I did a special for t- my 10 years in, in the industry and I talked to an old, my old producer, my first producer. Um, and we were discussing like the setups co- like that we had back then. And it's funny cause a lot of that yeah. still kind of translates over to like right now I'm in a temporary studio aka my family room where i see right uh my, my fiance sells lululemon so i have a bunch of lululemon clothes in front of me i see some toys uh off to the side so right. uh we're, and i can't I, I live in the east coast in philly and it's it's too cold though so you wouldn't know it by uh today's standards even right now it's 50 degrees outside but yeah typically it's too cold for me to go work on my my, my shed is going to be turned into my studio oh yeah 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 no I, I I get you. I mean, actually, fifty sounds wonderful right now. <laughs> well, where are you based out of? I'm in New Hampshire, way oh, up in okay. the White Mountains. So, uh, yeah, fifty would be a heat wave right now. Oh, that would be great. Well, we've been uh, probably not as cold as you guys, but it's been pretty cold uh, up until you know what? Yesterday uh, was like the first like you know decent day in, in a couple in a couple weeks. Um, and because we, we were we were all watching the football game, commenting on it, and mm-hmm. like oh, it's perfect football weather. It's like hoodie weather is is my favorite kind of weather. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. No, that's perfectly fine. No, this is the uh, don't go outside if you don't want to catch frostbite kind of yeah. weather. This is the <laughs> this is the you know it, it, if it's really warm in the house, yeah, you might be okay for the night. Yeah, but you gotta be wary. Yeah, that was probably about a week ago uh, for us. It was at least it felt that that way for us. It's uh, and I I don't I feel bad always complaining about how cold it is when I see I have a uh, a friend slash, you know, listener that's been listening to me for for almost the entire time I've been doing podcasting lives Mm. up in Canada. And he posted something <laughs> about uh, his temperature. I think it was, in, I'm pretty sure it was Fahrenheit, uh, 27 degrees, or no, negative, negative 27 degrees or something like that. <laughs> I'm like, that's, that's yeah. insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it didn't get quite that cold here, but yeah, at night with wind chill, probably negative 10, negative 15. Yeah, I, down to. I used to travel for work and I spent a lot of time up in uh, like the New York uh, Massachusetts, New Hampshire uh, yeah. area, and uh, and and I think I I think it was the winter that I was up there. So, I mean, luckily I was in the hotel, so it was always like a, a nice seventy degrees in my hotel room. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, I do not miss driving in the snow. I mean, I hate driving the snow here in Philly, and you know, it's <laughs> nothing compared to the you know you New England states. Yeah, you know, no, it snows not fun no matter where you are. But yeah, the the further up you go, I'm at least happy that I'm not on Mount Washington because okay. Mount Washington is one of it's the home of the world's worst weather, and it seems mm-hmm. like it's right around the corner. But that is that is a location where they have something called uh, rime ice, and it's basically imagine ice if it were on a horizontal because since the wind is blowing air vapor, it basically crystallizes in a sheet. Oh, in, wow. in a horizontal pattern. That's that's what it's like up there. They get to a point where uh, they have to basically create a snow mound so that they can get into the second level of the observatory because there's too much snow to get into the uh, first level. That's so insane. they have to climb into the window on the second level when it gets to be this this time of year. So. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I, I can't. I can barely deal with the when we get three inches of snow, let alone all that nonsense. Yeah, it's pretty horrible. <laughs> it's pretty terrible. But so, anyway. uh, is that where you from? Are you like born and raised in the in New Hampshire? Yeah, from New England. Yeah, uh, okay. technically, technically, I was born in Maine, but I've been in New Hampshire since I was five, four or five. So I'd say the yeah. only thing, uh, the the only trip I hated more than. Uh, I don't think any, I think this is the trip I hated the most was going to Bangor, Maine for work. Mm. It's, mm. it's, I believe it's yep. the furthest North, at least on the East coast, you can fly and stay in the United States. <laughs> and we were out there as late as May and it was still snowing like a lot. And this yeah. is going back uh, probably over 10 years ago now at this point, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I, oh God. It was, uh, it just made me want to go to Canada because a, I was right, right across from the border. Right. 
uh, and being only stuck in snow, I might as well be in Canada. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, Maine. Maine gets a a good hit too. If you're on the seacoast, it's not so bad. The the water tempers it a little bit, but yeah. No, it's even further up there, so it's gonna gonna be yeah. equally as cold. <laughs> you can't get out of it up here. So, so uh, you you have you you have your hands in a couple different podcasts, um, but they seem yes. to if I if I read uh, the notes correctly that we kind of shot each other back and forth, they all <laughs> deal with with tabletop role playing, correct? Uh, more or less. I'd, I'd say Orbital probably is a different animal altogether, but uh, Delve, which is the one that I've probably been doing the longest, uh, is all about tabletop design. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what came first like uh, for you was it was it tabletop tabletop design was it was it podcasting well that's interesting i actually was in podcasting first uh orbital was actually the thing that i had originally started with and what basically happened was uh my cousin uh, alex defoe who is also my co-host on delve um he was uh, kind of had his hands into a group called the Mad Adventure Society, which at that time was kind of a collection of a lot of tabletop people that uh, like to write articles, do podcasts, that kind of thing. And uh, and Alex remembered that I like to do podcasting. I had tried to get him to do some characters on the other show, and uh, he had pitched this idea of doing a tabletop. Uh, mechanics podcast at the time and uh, he wanted to have me do it because I was a complete blank slate in fact I could say that even now I kind of am a complete blank (laughs) slate Uh, when people say d20 I I don't know if that's a sports team or not but you know I uh, I do have dice now so I can reference that but at the time uh, we used to have a lot of conversations where he was into Dungeons and Dragons from the time he was like old enough to understand what Dungeons or Dragons were. Mm-hmm. And he would try to explain to me what all of this was, and I would just glaze over. Couldn't, <laughs> couldn't, could not get it through my head. Um, and so they thought that that was a really interesting idea. They, he pitched this. We, we did uh, an initial episode to kind of give them a feel for what it would be and they liked it they said yeah let's run with it and see what it's like and so basically we started out like that um i didn't understand what was going on why do we have why do we have uh hit points like realistically why do you have hit points do you need them and he would say well i guess it depends on your system but let's go into that a little bit more you know stuff like that uh and so that's kind of how we we grew and then we started to have guests on, and once we actually had real developers on uh, and talk about their games, I think we both got a lot more of an education past that. That's intriguing because it's, um, and I'm not like me myself. I I love tabletop. It's something that um, when I was in, uh, I guess maybe junior high or even middle school. Uh, I had at least an interest in, we tried doing it and it, it took years for me to actually finally sit down and play Dungeons and Dragons. And then yeah. and it was a one time, like we played it once and then we stopped and we didn't play again. And then it wasn't until um, I started everything is awesome that I uh, kind of embraced the podcasting community, which is nuts that mm-hmm. I was part of this community for eight years and everywhere I looked, it was actually like a really negative community. And I was looking at Reddit. Oh, really? So that was, that was my mistake. That's going probably a bad spot. <laughs> but once I found like a, like the local Philadelphia podcasting society, um, I was like, it was just so, um, such a friendly place. And, and I found other places like that throughout Facebook and Twitter and like all these yeah. friendly podcasting communities. But that led me to, um, and I was familiar with actual play podcasts. Didn't know they were called actual play podcasts, but I was familiar right. um, with like Harmon Town. Uh, yeah. Dan Harmon played, you know, in the beginning of his show, like they played Dungeons and Dragons for real. And then I knew, I think I knew of, I didn't know the name of it, but I knew that, uh, and it was Nerd, per- nerd, nerd Poker. But uh, at the time, I just oh. knew it was Brian uh, Posehn was doing a D&D podcast. Right. And this was right. like, 
know, right around when I was, I was like talking to my buddies, like we should really like do one of these. Like no one else is really doing it except for this, this famous actor guy who, you know, mm-hmm. of course he's doing it. And, uh, but it wasn't until I got into the Philadelphia podcasting society that I started listening to them on a regular basis and like discovered that it was more than just D and D. So like, I must like, for me, my perspective, like it's no, it's actually makes sense for me to go from podcasting to to tabletop. But every yeah. AP podcast I know, it seems like they all had a hand in in uh, tabletop before they started podcasting about it. Whether it's yeah. a game or uh, a show like yours that kind of breaks down design, right? Right. Yeah, and I feel like that's probably the typical experience that people have so i'm sort of the bizarro version of that um uh yeah it's funny that you talked about reddit because yeah i can kind of understand why you might have had a little bit of trouble at the same time at the same time um when we were trying to figure out who we would have on the show and we decided that we really wanted to have guests come and talk about their projects the first thing that alex actually did because he's really the one that books people for the show is uh he went on the game dev subreddit I think once you get on the subreddits, it's a little bit better than the the Reddit itself. Uh, He got on there and he basically just posed the question, hey, we have a development podcast. If you're a game developer and you'd like to come on to talk about your thing, please let us know. And immediately we had about five people lined up right away. Um, So it was actually a really good resource to find people that we would have normally not Mm. found. Um, well, I, but you know, it's it's funny because, and maybe the like the podcast subreddits are are better now. But yeah. my issue with them was always like someone would hop on there and was like, "Hey, I have this idea for a pa- uh, a podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. It's going to be me and my buddies sitting around talking about X Y Z," and right. everyone would jump down their throat saying, "Why would you do that? That's stupid. Why? You know, everyone does one of those. But you, you know, you can't do something that's been done uh, before." Yeah, and like yeah. that's and and maybe it's it's. You know, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Kevin Smith, and he comes from a world of like a why not versus right. a why, and yeah. um, it just it blew my mind. Is like because they're my actually like now I would say actual player are, are the shows that I listen to the most, mm-hmm. but before that it was it was just two friends sitting around talking were my yeah. favorite kind of shows, oh, and. Yeah. Um, so like I was, I'm all for that, like more of that, like even if it's, whether it's, uh, you know, one of the, I, I listened to Edge and Christian from the, uh, the WWE, their podcast, and mm-hmm. that's two best friends sitting around talking and I love it. So whether it's yeah. two famous people or just like two nobodies like me and my old, my old friend used to do a podcast, like those, they used to be my favorite thing. So it's like, that's where I get a negative taste from reddit as far as like subreddits and podcasting is concerned from what i've understood uh the gaming community uh of reddit and this is just based off of like the one shot podcast network what they've said and what some Mm -hmm. of their um their listeners have said that community is super friendly on reddit yeah yeah and uh yeah maybe the experience has changed a lot i mean as an outsider kind of coming into because i mean it's been almost three years that we've been doing delve and uh even so I I feel pretty much kind of like the outsider in the room. Uh, I have I, I had that one time I played Dungeons and Dragons. I'll tell you that in a minute. That went horribly, but I found, <laughs> but I found that the thing I really appreciated about the community is that overall, besides the normal things that we have problems with about gatekeeping or trying to you know be rules lawyers or anything like that, that in general the Uh, ability for people to kind of like be able to find themselves and and to kind of step outside of themselves, find themselves through role playing has been a really overall positive experience. And I really appreciated that. Um, Yeah. Going into Delve, I had only played Dungeons and Dragons once. Okay. And and actually to this day, I've only played Dungeons and Dragons once. It was 3.5. Oh, wow. And yeah, yeah, surprisingly enough. Uh, I have not been able to play 5e. I, I actually, I think I had a post on Twitter not too long ago that there's three kinds of role players. There are GMs that can't find a party, players that can't find a party, and parties where no one wants to GM. Um, <laughs> it feels like that sometimes. But um, Alex was my GM at the time. Uh, I had a really strong ranger. Uh, we started by going into a crypt. I was able to kill a zombie. I felt really happy about that. My party, my party never reconvened. So as far as I'm concerned, 
my elf ranger is still lost in that crypt. I, <laughs> I guess that's all that we know. Um, and that's the last time I had played before I uh, auditioned for the for the live play. So it, it, that was all I knew <laughs> going in. Yeah, but, it's and I, I've never played three five. I played four, and I don't. Okay. And I don't know if I've played, you know what, that's because, so, so being in Philadelphia, one of the fortunate things is that we have a strong, you know, creative community here. And, and I obviously gravitate towards the podcasting community. So I've played other systems. I've played some dungeon crawls, which I think, I don't know what that's based in. Uh, maybe it's just a simple D20 system. I, I don't, I don't know sure. if it was what it was, uh, but I played that on a podcast and it's, okay. it's, it, it was one of my favorite things about discovering actual play podcast is discovering that there's more than just D and D and oh, yeah. uh, like the doctor who um, setting uh, in cubicle mm-hmm. seven uh, system is like, that's a really, that's a fun one that I, I get to do with party of one every now and then. Um, mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, just, I don't know. It, there's so much out there. Um, there really is. And yeah. So, so have you played other systems or, uh, it's, it's, you, you played that one time and, and then you're, you're doing the game design podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the only other time that I played, uh, was that, that recent thing I had mentioned at one point, uh, where I was GMing okay. an actual live play <laughs> that I was hired for. And, uh, they actually liked the fact that I had no previous experience. So I had no previous preconceptions. Um, but that was actually Open Legend, which you okay. can actually find online, and it's completely free. So it's actually pretty worthwhile to check out. And it's uh, – I like the fact that the system was completely open. It had no setting specific, so you could make whatever setting you wanted to out of it. And, and uh, it allowed me to create this bonkers mashup world that I, I enjoyed. Um but that's really the only other system that I'm familiar with. I mean, on the show, we've talked to a lot of people who made role-playing games. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, we had um, Dom Perry, who actually uh, runs Nine Dragons out of Hong Kong, and he did Honor. He's going to be doing Flintlock soon, which is is very interesting. And we've had Dustin DePenning, who did Synthicide, which is like in the future when you can't hunt synths because they're more important than humans. There's a lot of really interesting things that are out there. Um, now have you, now I get to ask you a question. I'm going to ask you a question. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. You, you, you did mention that you had played four. Have you, have you played five just first of all? Uh, I, I, no, I have not played five, but I have okay. read up on it. And like, I was, I, I got all like the emails when they were doing beta testing and I tried pushing my buddy who was running a game. I was like, well, why, let's just, I have all the five materials here. Let's just do it in five. And for, so he, I, I've listened to a bunch of, um, podcasters and actual play guys play mm-hmm. it. I, so I've heard the system. I've never partaken myself. Okay. Okay. So is for the only D and D system that you're familiar with or unless, unless one of the dungeon crawls I did was a, was a D and D system, which it very well could have been, but yeah, the, the okay. four is the only yeah. one I knowingly played. Oh, okay. Okay. Did you find, cause I know that that can be a kind of a divisive one. Some people really liked it. Some people, uh, didn't so much. Did you find the system to be like user friendly? Well, so, so, so the one thing that our group did is like, um, none of, like no one was really big into role playing, like as far as tabletop was concerned. Yeah. Uh, so my buddy who GM'd it, it was very light on the rules. Like I, I want to say okay. we were basically probably playing like a modified version of five, uh, okay. with how light the rules were. And yeah. I joined because by the time I started playing in that group, I was the only one that had like really listened to real tabletop RPGers playing games on, on podcasts. So like when we would roll for initiative, I'm the only one adding my, my perception, what, not perception. Yeah. I got whatever it is, but we'll say perception. Uh, right. And so like everyone scores, whatever their die says, and mine's like over 20 and they're like, wait, how'd that happen? I'm like, yeah. you guys aren't playing the game, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean the, the only, exposure i've really had besides Al- alex plays a lot of five so i've heard his game sessions with uh with his group but the only other exposure i've had is have you ever heard uh the adventure zone 
Oh, it's definitely in my queue. Uh, yeah. I haven't listened yeah. to an episode, but I, you know, everyone recommends it. Yeah, that the whole balance, uh, the long one that they did, they do that in in uh, version five. Um, the the short ones they're doing right now are actually in some other experimental systems. So powered by the apocalypse, fate, some yeah. other newer ones, which are are also pretty interesting too. But yeah, I've I've heard a lot of good things about um, powered by the apocalypse, which is um, I actually really like the concept of. Um, dungeon world which is based on that uh mm. where i don't know it just it's a nice light system and um i feel like anyone can really kind of pick up and play and as long as you have a creative mind you can kind of just enjoy that system it's it's so yeah. light i get encouraged when i even see um role play like tabletop developers yeah. that say uh yeah these are the rules but feel free to change them at your leisure like just do what you want with them i, I even yeah. saw that from yeah. the from the wizards team yeah uh, where they'll say yeah we we put down the rules but if you want to make once it's in your hands it's your game you do with yeah. it what you want it's yours yeah, I agree. I think that makes for um, a much better experience. And, and I honestly haven't, I have yet to play a game or listen to a game or, or, or hear experience with any system where anyone's like, well, the rules kind of really hinder you. And I'm sure there's maybe stuff early on um, that were, that was like that. Have you heard of any systems that really kind of hindered uh, you from, from having like a, an open experience? Oh boy. Um, I think that there are some systems, I can't think of any specifically, but I do kind of remember some that are very, uh, they're, they're, they're so heavy into the mythos that it might be a little bit tricky to kind of work around that. Gotcha. But I mean, if you were to just take the mechanics part of it, I think that you could do what you wanted with it. The, um, the system that is uh, coming out of a lot of people are really interested in it. So I'm, I'm going to be, I've, I've really gravitated towards systems that don't have a system, uh, a setting specifically. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because I like the idea of being able to use your imagination, just use the mechanics. Um, that's what open legend was. And in many ways, that's what like fate and powered by the apocalypse. They, they do though too. Um, fantasy flight is going to be coming out with one. And it's just because everybody's been telling me uh, with a system called Genesis, which mm -hmm. is about storytelling dice instead of like D 20 dice. Oh, interesting. And it sounds like a very interesting idea that it really would be more like you can basically do anything you want. You can do a war setting or a sci-fi or a fantasy setting, but it's really about the narrative part of it and rolling dice for that narrative specifically rather than so much the stats of it all. So that's kind of that kind of intrigues me that they're yeah. moving in that direction. I like Fantasy Flight, and I've never played. I badly want to play in the in one of the Star Wars um, oh, yes. uh, settings. Uh, but that just I listen. I'm a huge fan of the campaign podcast from One Shot, and uh, I, I just that system. And and maybe it's because the the it's a whole group of jokesters uh, on that podcast. <laughs> That's why it sounds so fun. But it just right. seems like um like a neat system that that it's a maybe a little complicated, um, mm -hmm. but. But uh, you, I don't know. It's just I, I like. I obviously love the setting of Star Wars. Uh, sure. I, just, I don't know. I just I like Fantasy Flight. Like I, I and I've they have like um, they have apocalypse games. I believe I don't know what the actual sure. terminology is, but they have um, like alien invasion, zombie outbreak, and so, you know just with these different oh, yeah, kind yeah. of um, in, like uh, apocalypse type games. So. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm super interested in Fantasy Flight as a company that I, I yes. just, if I had more time and uh, money to invest, uh, I would totally be up uh, playing this game. Oh, yes. Yes. If I had influence or connections, I would try to get somebody on the show to talk about it. <laughs> I, I, the biggest problem that I have is that I feel like some people might come on the show, but I'm always scared to ask people to be on the show. Oh, yeah. So, so, so I mean, from I'll give you uh, a little tip for that is just do it uh, is mm -hmm. uh, I, I'm the same way. But something that I, I've seen other um, interviewers do and I've done my myself is I you know just ask and and it may happen for me um one of uh, the people that were like on my big like I had three people that were on my get list like I need to interview these people one time 
and one of them was Aaron McGathy, who uh, is the host of This Feels Terrible. She was married to Dan Harmon for a hot, mm. you know, second. And um, right, I, I guess I don't know how long after uh, she divorced Dan, um, I emailed her, but I was, I was. I recorded an interview uh, in my fake. Uh, it was at the point at that point it was still a shed. I just was set up in there, uh, and I had been drinking a couple beers while doing the show. And I was just like, you know what? I'm going to email Eric Gathy and try to get a, an interview. And I just like <laughs> shot an email through her contact form. And like as soon as I hit send, I was like, this is dumb because she's going to say no, and I'll never get the opportunity to ask her right. properly again. And like I want to say within 48 hours, I got a response from her saying, yeah, totally, I'll do it. <laughs> and it, it was such an awesome moment that like, yeah, it, it's I, crazy, right? Yeah. So that's my and like uh, Chris Revel, who hosts uh, Let's Chat with Revel and Fans. Mm. He um, he just like randomly on the other day said on Twitter, "Hey, uh, and I don't know the guy's name because I'm I'm awful, but he's in um, I Zombie. He's the uh, he, I don't, do you watch I Zombie? I have not seen it. Okay. So so things, this could be two people who don't know anything about I Zombie talking about I Zombie right now." <laughs> Perfect. I, I've watched the first season and I, it's a really good show and I want to get into it, but I don't have enough time to really uh, sit down and watch it. But he's like the he's uh, the main character's like doctor friend or boss or something. Okay. And um, he's he's he was in an episode of Supergirl. And uh, it's a good thing I didn't because my buddy told me to ask him. He was like openly accepting like requests to do podcasts and mm-hmm. it's a good thing i didn't ask him because i'm blowing up my own spot by not knowing this guy's name but he was <laughs> you know he's like the one of the main characters in i zombie and my buddy was just like hey man like really love you in i zombie and tagged him on twitter and said love to have you on the show what can we do to make that happen and like apparently an hour late within the hour he got a dm saying let's set it up mm-hmm. so like i you know it is literally like Half the battle to booking a guest that's like on your get list yeah. is simply just asking. asking. Yeah. Uh, the sad and, – and I know that and it just – it's still in the back of my head is one of those – I'm sure you've had this in the past. Maybe not as much now but maybe in the past. The idea – the imposter syndrome that's like, sad. oh, I'm just – I'm not really doing this. It's it's ridiculous. I'm not actually a, a, a part of – what I'm doing. That that will never go away. I'm I'm still very much uh, (laughs) 10 years into podcasting. I still feel that way. And and specifically like, this is like the happiest I've been doing a podcast with everything is awesome. And uh, Mm -hmm. even then it's just, it's like, I still, I, I hold off on asking people, um, that I admire to, to be on the show because it's, it is, uh, it is a, a fearful thing, the rejection of it all. And, and, oh, yeah. I've, and, and I try to get past it. Like the, I've emailed Kevin Smith, like like a good contact that I have. I've emailed two or three times to get him on the show. And I know he's a busy dude. So it's, I, I try not sure. to be too pushy, but I every now and then just on the random whim that like I'll get a response. Why not? You yeah. know? Yeah. Um, well, and he's a big co- podcast guy, too. Yeah. So you never know. Exactly. <laughs> you might. Exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. So let me, I want to. So you know, it's did, did I understand right that it sounds like podcasting and tabletop kind of happened at the same time, or were you doing that um, orbital for a while before you you hopped onto Dell? Timeline would be. Let me see. The first episode of Orbital would have released about six months before we ended up doing Delve, which was all about podcasting, uh, about tabletop gaming. Okay. So podcasting was really the first thing. Okay. And, uh, and Alex liked the fact that I could do audio editing because he didn't want to. So I guess that was the other reason. Um, but the fact that I really liked the idea of being in broadcasting and doing that sort of thing uh, was was really what thought it, – it seemed like that was a really good offset. Uh, so many people that do tabletop uh, podcasting are intimately familiar with the subject. Yes. And – Having a blank slate come in and just say, well, I don't know what's going on, <laughs> seemed like such an an odd thing to happen. And at the same time, we had a lot of veteran gamers that started listening going, hey, Nathan's right. Why do we have hit points? <laughs> I don't know. Like until you get somebody outside of your thing yeah. coming in and saying, hey, why do you do that? You don't really think yeah. about it. 
And I was really proud that, like, at least I had that going for me. (laughs) No, it it is a, a, you know, um, the one of the, you know, kind of going back on what I said earlier, where, you know, I'm all for, like, just another person hosting a podcast talking about whatever uh, you do. If you want to, if, if you want to make something of yourself, you do have to have a hook that makes mm-hmm. you different. And, and, you know, there are a bunch of, you know, podcasts about tabletop RPGs. And then, you know, obviously having one that's about the design puts you in a little niche, but yeah. you know, having that little extra thing um, definitely is like the, 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 you know, that little fluff that you need to kind of, you know, hopefully stand out on top of the rest. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think we kind of planted our flag when we did episode two. I still say it's my favorite episode, even though we're in 140 or so now. Um, But like episode two was one that was called, well, that's not right. And I knew it was one I wanted to do. And I said, Alex, this is what we're, we can do the first one where we kind of introduce what the show is, but this is going to be our next one. And I had five things at the time of these are preconceptions that as an outsider people might have about tabletop gaming and we really need to explain if there's any validity to that or we have to dispel them out of the gate. That was episode two. Um, That got quite a bit of attention from the people that were on our network at the time. Um, And uh, it was was just basic stuff. It's like, I'm going to end up in a cult. Or, or, or I don't want to dress up in elf ears and, and wave a wand around. Uh, and the, uh, the other one that seems even more pertinent today is that it's a boys club uh, yeah, and yeah. like no girls allowed. And we had to kind of just go through those and just say, okay, but no, yeah, <laughs> this yeah. is why. And it, I think it was a really good breath of fresh air before we got into the heavier mechanics to really just just go out like that. No, that's I, I, that sounds like such a genius move or, or genius topic for an episode. Um, mm. That still, I think you could um, maybe you know you could talk about today, and it would still be um, a very you know good topical debate uh, yeah. to, to discuss those things. Yeah, yeah. I, I still think anything that's evergreen like that, I'm really happy to to go back over. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I feel I feel weird because at the same time that I'm saying, well, we'll never get people on the show. We've actually had a few guests on the show that were kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm. And so like we had I don't know if you're familiar with a game called Drinking Quest, but it was yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty, pretty big deal. Well, we had Jason Anarchy on twice, actually, and he came on to talk at length about uh, his game. And we've had JT Smith on who uh, basically runs Game Crafter. Uh, And uh, more recently, this last year, we had Jeff Tidball on who I can't quite remember what his title is, but it's like CEO, CEO of Atlas Games. And we didn't even know that. Like when we had him on, Alex brought him on because he was involved with the white box, which was a project he was backing and said, hey, it'd be great to have them come on and talk about this. Then it turns out, oh, yeah, well, he worked for Game Workshop. He worked on Fantasy Flight stuff. He did all. Oh, he's that important. OK, we yeah. didn't know that, but he's coming on and That's we're happy cool. to have him. Yeah. So, well, I feel like I think not, not only is Kickstarter like a great um service for indie developers of you know whether it's game or um whether it's you're you're a film producer or whatever uh it's such a great place for for indie artists indie creators but it's also yeah. you know coming from the um, interview standpoint and i've actually never taken advantage of it but i know other shows especially in the gaming community have taken advantage of the fact that kickstarter is there to oh, yeah. um, get guests and get content and get you know whether it's just because they want something new and, and fresh to talk about or they want to maybe talk to someone that used to be a big wig at another company that went out on their own to do this thing oh, yeah. um yeah it's kickstarter is such not only is it great for creators it's also great for the people that want to talk to creators Oh, absolutely. Because you have to assume a few things with Kickstarter is that one, there's something new and relevant that needs to be discussed. And two, those creators are actively going to want to talk about their thing. So I definitely think it's a a valuable resource. Some of the great guests that we got on were because we happened to be looking at Kickstarters and said, hey, that looked cool. And and all of a sudden, you know, we, we have people. And the other thing that usually happens is we'll have people that we know that they're going to be having a Kickstarter come up in the next two or three months and want to get the word out early 
which is smart. It, it's yeah. very smart to do that. Um, so, yeah, it's a great resource, not just for the people doing Kickstarter, but for people like you and me who are always looking to talk to people about yeah. things that we care about. So, Bef- uh, I do want to talk about or- uh, Orbital, but before we get to that, sure. I do want to um, find out, like, what got you into podcasting? Like, what was it that made you say, I can do this? Okay. Yeah. You know, I guess... I, I still don't know if I can do it. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to figure that out. You know, it was interesting. Um, I think the first exposure I actually had to pod- podcasting was uh, uh, Nerdist. I think that was okay. the first thing. And um, just happened to be watching Attack of the Show one time. And I think Kevin Pereira was talking about, oh, I went on Chris Hardwick's show. And I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. How do What's this podcasting? And before I know it, I'm like really deep into the weeds and I started listening to some WTF and I moved from that to um, like Star Talk and uh, 99PI and all of these really interesting ones where I was learning things. But while it was just interviews and stuff like that, I started thinking to myself, gee, it feels like in an audio format, you have a little bit of Odyssey of the Mind going on and it feels like something that you might be able to do by yourself if I were to do a podcast by myself, what would that format be? Well, mm. I can't really say that I'd be able to get guests on. Maybe if my guests were like all dead or make-believe. Okay, yeah. how would that format work? Well, if I were a time-traveling alien, <laughs> um, yeah, I guess that would make sense. Before I knew it, I was like... I guess I'm making orbital. <laughs> so, so off to the races we went. Um, but yeah, that, and that is like one of the things I I've learned over the years is that uh, I started out doing a show where it was me uh, and a co-host, but there was a, a producer there or at least virtually there. Uh, and then it turned into having a third person there, but mm-hmm. then the producer was also chiming in. So it was four people. And then it always felt good. It felt like oh, four people is a good format. So oh, yeah. for years it was like, all right, four people, four people, four people, more people's good, more people's good. And then it wouldn't, it wasn't until, um, my, my producer from my original show got back in touch with me. It was like, Hey, I need to, I need to co-host for a couple of weeks because, you know, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out who we're going to get on here. And I was like, oh yeah, totally. I'll sign a five, a five week contract or whatever. And, um, and, and that was a two person format show and mm-hmm. it turned from five weeks to like, two two plus years of me co-hosting that show while doing my own thing and and that really helped me kind of realize well like it's so much easier to do this with just one other person uh that's totally the way to go and then it turned into hey it's so much easier to not have to rely on anybody uh on a weekly basis where i can just like hey i just need to find someone to talk to i got seven days to get a show out so let's do it Right, exactly. And when I started to realize, well, the easiest thing would be if I didn't have to rely on anybody else to get a show out, I was like, well, I guess I'm going to have to go with that. And knowing what it takes to schedule interviews, I'm like, yeah, I do kind of like the reliance on just knowing it's when I have time, I can do it and get it done. Um, But uh, it it made me have to learn how to do some pretty creative audio editing right up at the front. (laughs) in order to make that happen so so yeah so so orbital um and i don't know why like i must have when i first read your notes i just i must have skipped like the second part of that sentence and went right over to (laughs) your your live play experience so i just that's why i lumped it into uh tabletop but it is so much more interesting than that and and before you talk about it what i love i love 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 um you know, audio dramas and mm-hmm. um, the one I'm listening to right now is Space Ward. It's, it's always been like, I've always been fascinated with audio dramas and like, I could, I want to do that. Like it's, it kind of yeah. flexes all the creative muscles that I have, like writing, directing, producing um, and, and podcasting all in one. Oh, yeah. And uh, I, and I don't know that if you would actually classify yours as, um, as an audio drama, but what I'm getting at is I love mm. the idea of doing something that, I mean, to me seems so new and unique uh, and in the podcasting field. I, yeah. I, I um, One of my favorite things I've ever done on this show is uh, sit down and interview Batman, uh, which oh, yeah. was me, 
uh, sitting in my car because we I had to do something special for episode 25 because in my dopey podcasting brain, like, hey, 25, that's an important number. We have, Let's do something special. Yeah. It's me sitting in the car talking to myself normally and then going like this. Oh, I can't do it because I have no water. But <laughs> That's okay. Doing, doing, I mean, doing a Batman voice. Uh, yes. Yeah. Just going for 45 minutes talking to myself that way. So like <laughs> crazy things like that, which is almost mm. what – and, you know, at face value, I see what your description for Audible is. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, man, that's something so crazy. It sounds so fascinating. Let's let's tell yeah. me more about this podcast. Okay. So, yeah, I, I mean, I would never cr- classify it as an audio drama. It's probably more an audio comedy than anything else. It, it yeah. definitely has a, a comedic tone rather than a dramatic one. But the general gist of it was... Um, I, I did like the fact that it, it seemed like something I hadn't seen before, which made me want to do it. It's never like seemed to be done before. I couldn't find anything like it. The story of Orbital Earthcast is um, there's an alien called Gapstorm, and he's been alive for like 10,000 years, and he's had this uh, audio show for 5,000 Earth years. Um, and, uh, and it's only now that we have the advent of digital technology that we're actually able to even, uh, transcribe his, uh, signals. So he's been able to retrofit his technology to our current technology so that he could do a specific broadcast. Um, I think at one point he said he needs earth dollars so that he can put more pink flamingos on his house in Pandora or something like that, <laughs> uh, because it keeps the racks away. Uh, but the, the thing about it was, I like the idea of a story essentially of like a time Lord, but instead of mm. trying to save the universe all the time, I just want to have a talk show. And that's essentially what he does. Um, so, and he can't really differentiate between fictitious characters, mythological characters, historical characters. They're all in some way real to him. Mm. So, uh, we've, we've had like the first few that I had on were, uh, George Washington was like the first one. And then, uh, we went to like Link from Legend of Zelda. I think I had a stormtrooper on Hercules was on, on one of them. The, one of the last episodes that I just did, uh, I did a Christmas special. I always love doing Christmas specials. Um, we had the ghosts of, uh, past, present and future on the show. And, uh, I had even asked some people if they had questions for the ghosts. Uh, and so it was, it was fun because, uh, with some clever editing, and some uh, clever pitch changes, you can make all of them talk over each other. So it feels like you have a whole uh, conversation, even though I'm just trying to do all the voices at the same time. That's uh, nice. Yeah. And then I decided, well, that's not good enough. So I did a, a time warp special, which is like a retrospectus of the last year, talking about the uh, biggest advances in science and technology over the uh, 2017. And I had three of my other characters that I've introduced in the past. And I had them come in and talk with me uh, for about a 40, I can't remember how long it was, maybe like 45 minute episode uh, going over all these very real things that happened on Earth, but talking essentially to aliens about how they feel about it. And, uh, and, and I can say, you probably, regardless of whether you like it or not, it is unlike anything you've ever heard before. <laughs> so. so, so is this something that you truly do on your own? There's no other, uh, um, oh, yeah. voice cast members. No, the, uh, the only thing, there were two episodes where I was able to recruit Alex, uh, because he, I, I really wanted to do something that was in the vein of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And he was familiar with all the books. So he said, sure, I'll come on and be Zaphod Beeblebrox. And so he did that. And then he did a, a character that I really wanted him to play. I think his name was Vax. Um, and so uh, those two episodes, I have him guesting on every other episode, even down to the sound design. I just had to work out myself. That's so. that's nuts um, because mm. that's just that's crazy. I, I'm I'm getting ready to launch something that's um, a little you know s- similar to, to to Orbital, where it's just me doing something silly as a character. Mm. Uh, and but even that, it's not by myself. Like it's it's a it's going to be a, a twice a month show, and it's one episode's going to be me by myself, and then the, the second one's going to be me with a guest. Yeah. And and I'm not playing the guest, yeah. uh, so like. <laughs> It's uh, it's nuts that you do that all yourself. I could not fathom 
doing something that sounds incredibly, you know, stressful and intense to, to put together. Yes, it, it is. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie, Kev. It's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy. Um, as, especially because as, when I do like historic characters too, I like to try and get a little research in and, and kind of get a feel for who the character is and if they have a voice and, and I want to get a, at least a, an approximation of reality into it. Uh, that I can utilize interesting things, things that we don't usually talk about that are more fascinating maybe than like this, the standard stuff that you know about uh, people. Uh, you know, a, a lot of people, I, I did Albert Einstein at one, at one point not too long ago. And the thing that no one really talks about is that he was a huge like, human rights activist. And like you always think about E equals MC squared and that's it. Yeah. But no, actually, he was very vocal in the civil rights movement in the United States. Exactly. And so I thought that it was like, well, yeah, let's make mention of that. Let's talk a little bit about that while we have him on the show. And then, of course, at the end, I, I'm like uh, Albert Einstein wants to do the tongue thing with the with the poster as, as like a <laughs> selfie, because this seems like the fun thing we can do at the end. So yeah. uh, so but I like to do those things that just you don't see very often because it's mm. new and it's different and it's interesting. Yeah, you know. yeah. hmm. Now, is this is that show a weekly show? Uh, once upon a time, I, uh, right now I'm doing it like every other week. Okay. Uh, but, uh, like it, it, there was a long hiatus period where I wasn't doing it because I was working so heavily that I really couldn't commit. Um, I made a huge mistake right up at the front and I've learned from it. Uh, I had, uh, like recorded, edited and, and like gotten 30 episodes ready and it was at that point I was like, you know, I should probably release these. Oh, wow. So yeah. then so then I was like, yeah, okay, let's do that. You know what? I really want to start out on a high note. I'm going to launch the first five on day one and launch two <laughs> a week every week until I catch up. I should have just done one a week at that point. I would yeah. have. I would have been set for way longer because at a certain point you realize, oh, God, I, I might start running out of some steam and need to get, like recharge my battery. Here. Yeah, yeah. So, so you, you you slow down a little bit. Um, but I recently had relaunched it last year. I did start out doing every other uh, every single week, uh, but I've, I've just moved back to every other week because it's more uh, more manageable in the long term. Well, so how long does it take since you're doing everything you're on your end yourself from mm -hmm. voice acting to producing? How long does it take to put together an episode of, of Orbital? Of Orbital, yeah. Uh, so uh, they're about half-hour episodes, somewhere between like 20 and 30-minute episodes. Uh, I would say probably from research to development to time, yeah, probably five, six hours per episode. Okay, okay. That's uh, – I mean it, it's a lot of work. It's just it, – it, uh, I was yeah. – you know, in my head I was thinking a lot more like days worth of work to well, get this to, to put together. Yeah, yeah. I mean I guess there's a lot of passive time where I'm just like looking at pages and just like trying to get uh, – or, or just looking at like YouTube videos of people or something like that. Um, and the other thing is just scripting out the beginning because uh, for every single episode I – I have to, I, I did something at the very beginning, which also I realized I made a mistake. I, <laughs> I, I made a thing where I said, I'm going to have a sponsor that's a fake sponsor on every episode. <laughs> oh God, I have to write a fake ad for every single episode. And I have written a fake episode, <laughs> a fake ad for every single episode uh, to this day. Uh, so it's been a, a fun activity, uh, to say the least. It's it's been interesting, um, you know, between fake, uh, well, uh, intergalactic like pharmaceutical companies and evil corporations that are really trying not to look evil, stuff like that. Uh, and it's it's fun. It's it's a lot of fun <laughs> to do, that, but it takes yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I can only imagine because I mean, just me doing you know, this dopey show where mm. I, you know, it's been on record and, and uh, where I do very little prep work, which most people call lazy. I call just working smarter so that I have an interesting conversation. Yes. Uh, is it's, it's, um, it's, 
you know, it's, you know, an hour to record and then typically an hour to edit, if not longer. Um, the new format, I'm switching it up where, uh, I, I, you know, I, I, after I do the interview, I record the intro and the outro. So that's, you know, it's another probably half hour to hour of my time recording, uh, because I'm a perfectionist and every time I stumble, I have to start over, uh, yeah. in those intros. So it's, I mean, I know I probably put for this show, you know, a week, I put anywhere from, you know, three to five hours myself in, and I'm not doing any, like it's no acting. It's no, no talent oh, for yeah. my end whatsoever. So sure, sure. I yeah. can't imagine what it's like doing. So like, like I'm finally delving into the world of um, like more uh, scripted content with podcasting. I'm working with somebody to put something out there. And then me and my other buddy are coming up with another audio drama. Well, auto audio comedy. Sure. Um, and, uh, and then the, the other thing, you know, another thing that I'm kind of doing on my own, uh, that's part interview, but it's all, you know, fake like orbital. Uh, so <laughs> like I'm getting, I'm diving into that stuff. Uh, and, and I'm, uh, already dreading it, but, uh, it, <laughs> yeah. I mean, at least it sounds like you, uh, you're still, li- you're still here. You're still live. You're, you're still podcasting. So, I mean, it's, yeah. Yeah. All be- yeah, no matter how hard they try, they can't quite get rid of me yet. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'll, I'll keep doing it if for no other reason than to prove that I can. Damn it! Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I, I mean it's it's a great learning experience. Uh, you can't learn any better than by actually doing. Absolutely, yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh, mm-hmm. one final question before we uh, get plugs out there and everything, and I let mm. you go. Uh, if if you like, what's your dream project? Is it, is if it's even with podcasting, what's, what's like the dream creative thing that you want to do? Oh boy. Um, well, I mean, I, I kind of felt like I had had that recently before that project ended, but I feel like it's something that could, uh, could come back at some point. But the fact that I actually did get to GM a, a live play podcast, okay, uh, and, uh, just because it was something completely out of my realm of expertise and it felt like a huge step up considering that I'm kind of tangential to, uh, to tabletop gaming, uh, but I really like the idea of being able to create a thing that gets like this following that people want to know what happens to the characters every single episode. And, and we have to listen intently to find out what the continuing story is. Uh, and uh, and so I still feel like that may- maybe that project is still down the road, uh, even if uh, Rift Hunters, which was that project, did not necessarily uh, uh move move as uh smoothly as i would have hoped <laughs> so i i feel like uh just you know in the history of me podcasting um that on the the getting an actual play podcast put together that's a campaign not just a one shot oh. um i'm sure one shot's difficult to put together as well but getting a campaign where you're where i mean we tried doing it with our campaign and we tried setting up mics and and, and doing it but to do that with up to like five plus people uh on a whether you're doing it on a recording on a weekly or monthly basis uh it's it's even more challenging i think than getting four people to sit around and talk about uh sports and news <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and uh something that you don't think about is like uh i had a couple players that were on the uh, west coast and a couple that were on the east coast and then you have to deal with time zones and what people's work schedules are and it just uh scheduling is a is a nightmare with that yeah. many people yeah. involved so it, it almost feel i feel like with actual like I think with a, you know, if you're doing like a, you know, standard kind of radio show format, mm-hmm. uh, you can get away with having people on different time zones because it's a little easier to maybe get together to talk for an hour. But sure. w- typically, I would imagine most actual play podcasts that are campaign mode, they're probably recording maybe once or twice a month for anywhere between two to four hours a session. Yeah, uh, it's hard. It's hard to get people together that long, especially in different time zones. When when I look back at it, because I the thing that's really sad, and maybe it's just something I got to learn as a GM for the future. But um, I I had we had only really gotten through maybe like one story arc or really touched on one story arc, and I had come up with like three or four others that I was like, oh, these are really interesting. If I ever was able to go back to it, 
I think I would try to get uh, that whole arc into one night with just a group and then split that up into like four parts and just yeah. just just do it over a couple months and just say, hey, here's the limited run. It's uh, yeah. we're good. Now you can listen to that part. And we'll, we'll come back later. <laughs> So. Yeah, that's that's something that you know um, we, we I struggle with, and we I still haven't cracked that code, and it's it's something I'm I myself like that's I would say I don't I don't know if, like my dream project like I have all these other projects that I'm doing that I that I'm hopefully going to be getting out, and I would consider them like you know part of my dream projects, but mm. the one that really is like. I'm trying to figure out how to crack that nut is an actual play podcast. Yeah. Um, and, and how to do it in a, in a unique way. That's not just doing a bunch of one shots every week, like other shows out there. Right. Um, and, right. and I think I have it. It's just, it's the scheduling. It's like, all right, how am I going to get, I, cause I have two kids. So it's not like sure. my time is, is hard to find as well. So it's yeah. very difficult to, Kind of, it's it's a nut that will be cracked. It's just it's going to take a while. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, if you ever need uh, a cautionary tale of what not to do, just go to <laughs> just go to theRiftHunters.com, <laughs> and you can you can see every episode I did, including the Christmas special where they went down a a a, a road to the Hall of Lost production value, and you can see how that worked out. <laughs> you can enjoy that. It's, you know, I remember initially when we first talked a while ago and you mm. talked about Rift Hunters and I, I you know, I, I do very little research. Sometimes I do nothing, but like sometimes like actual play stuff, it's hard for me to keep myself spoiler free. Sure. And uh, so I looked at it and I was like, oh man, this this looks amazing. And then like a day or two later, like, yeah, that project's not happening. Like, oh man. <laughs> yeah. It's what I'm talking about. It's and the thing I'll, I'll tell you, I, I won't take up too much of your time, but uh, I, I will say the thing that really sucked for me was it was announced on at Gen Con. It was like announced uh, during the, uh, uh, what was it? The GM improv showdown had a lot of buzz out immediately oh, wow. and then it's like and then kind of like everyone kind of left the project and i was sitting there kind of thinking uh, i can't do a live play by myself realistically <laughs> yeah, yeah. all right the, well that what you need. <laughs> yeah yeah so. uh, all right well before uh before i let you go why don't you get your plugs out there Absolutely. Uh, so yeah, if uh, anybody out there is interested in hearing episodes of Delve or episodes of uh, Orbital Earthcast, you can actually go to delvecast.com. Uh, so that's D-E-L-V-E-C-A-S-T uh, dot com. And uh, you can also find us on uh, iTunes and on Google Play and all those places. And uh, one thing that we are going to be doing, uh, we, we had recently done a live uh, episode of Delve on our discord uh, channel, uh, which was great. We had like six different developers come on and talk themselves, which is great. You don't have to hear me as much. Um, <laughs> but uh, what we're working on now, we had just set up a Twitch channel and uh, hopefully in the very near future, we're going to try doing that again on our Twitch channel so that we can have people actually interact and, and write comments to the people that we have on actually talking. So kind of a little, little community development, that kind of thing. We're, we're stepping into that format as well. You're, you're inching ever closer to do, to performing the show live on stage. I highly uh, recommend uh, everyone do that. Oh yeah. Uh, it's Can't wait. so much fun. <laughs> I, I have, uh, I've done, I think I, I think I counted it up the other day. I think we're about to do our, I think ninth or 10th one in, in the last uh, two years. Yeah. Uh, and it's, yeah, there's so much fun. Oh, I I'd highly be, recommend it. I'd be up for it. Um, I, I, I might have to pry myself onto the stage in order to do that, but you know, <laughs> you, you gotta, I feel, and I feel like your show is like in the perfect position to just like, you know, submit a panel to, uh, to Gen Con or to one of the, uh, I don't know if you've been to Metatopia, but Metatopia or right, whatever right. convention you can get to submit oh, yeah. that panel. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it, if only to go to Gen Con once in my life, I think that that might be <laughs> worth it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I I love live shows. It's it's uh it's one of my great passions, and I'm I'm the unfunny dude, so it's not it's not like uh, anyone can do it. I think <laughs> that that's okay. You seem to be doing just fine from my standpoint. If it helps at all. Oh, well, thanks, Nathan. Um, You're welcome. All right. Uh, well, thanks for the show. Uh, we'll be sure to have everything that you just said in the show notes, so people don't have to remember or uh, type while they're driving or anything like that. Oh, we don't want that. Don't. 
don't type while you drive. <laughs> please, just please put don't. The, put the phone down. Yeah. Listen to the show. And, and 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 if if that happens, please don't blame me. <laughs> please yeah, don't yeah. blame Kev. We didn't yeah. want that. No. We specifically no, no, no. told you not to. Don't type on your phone. It's in the show notes, guys. It's in the show notes. It's in the show notes. Don't do that. <laughs> All right, Nathan. Thanks for the show. Uh, it was right. wonderful talking to you. Oh, thank you so much, Kev. Thanks. Thanks once again to Nathan for being on the show. It's been such a long time since I got to talk about tabletop RPGs and gaming in general. So this was a joy. I loved this conversation. I hope you did too. You can find both Delve the Podcast and Orbital Earthcast on delvecast.com. Follow the shows on Twitter at Delve Podcast and at Orbital Earth. And follow Nathan on Twitter at Citanium, that's P-S-I-T-A-N-I-U-M, and his Delve co-host Alex at EXP Limited. Remember, help support this show at patreon.com slash that entertains for exclusive access to bonus content, early access to other things. If you don't have the monetary means to do that, that's okay. Five-star reviews and ratings on iTunes is a big, big help because of that Apple math. And of course, word of mouth recommendations. Get more ears on this show, baby. That all helps us do cool things like live shows. You can find us on uh, January 28th. 2018 from 1 to 7 p.m. at Tattooed Moms. Everything is awesome. It's going to be performing at 5, but I will be there the whole day supporting and running the second annual Everything is Awesome Let's Have Cancer Potiversary Festival. And I'm so happy to officially announce that we have from Fit Comedy Theater, he is an instructor and does a whole bunch of improv, Chris Esperance. I hope I got your last name right, buddy. And of course, Stand-up comedian from Philly, co-host on Nerds with Words, Greg Trout will be on our show, and I am so so excited. Make sure you follow us on the Twitter at Real Awesome Pod. Though we do most of our announcements on Facebook.com/slash Real Awesome Pod. I do a lot of conversing on Twitter though, under my own personal Twitter at That Nerdy Kev. Until next time, when we sit down and talk to Craig from Take Two. I've been Kev. And this is Everything is Awesome on AwesomePodcast.com, which is part of the Core Temp Arts Podcast Network. We've been awesome! Thank you for listening to the Core Temp Arts Podcast Network. To listen to more Core Temp Arts shows, visit CoreTempArts.com.